Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have a small discussion with expert thought leader and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today is really a big, big pleasure. I'm super thrilled. I am Ramon Ray, the real and the only Ramon Ray here with me. Thank you very much, Ramon, for being here. How are you? I feel great. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk about CX. Hello to the global audience of Gregorio. So I'm, I'm excited and I think it's always important to serve. Uh, it's such an important topic, the experience. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Ramon. It's, it's really a great pleasure. You are really well, well known in the US. You wrote several books. You created four companies. You already sold two of them. And now you are working on a lot of different uh, topics, stuff. You have a great podcast. You have a newsletter. But the best way, I think, to introduce, to introduce you is, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. It'll be a very short introduction, but indeed, as you said, I'm an entrepreneur and a uh, uh, in-demand expert on, on success for small businesses. Over the last few years, I've started four companies, a technology company, a blog, an event business, and now Smart Hustle and sold two of them. And really my passion and excitement, Gregorio, was really uh, educating and inspiring small business owners to grow. Uh, I work with very large brands to help them connect better to small businesses. Uh, and a few fun facts, if I may. I play piano, graduate of the FBI Citizens Academy. I've interviewed a president uh, and other things like that. So I'm happy to be here and serve your audience. So thank you so much. Thank you very much, Ramon. And um, also for, for the audience that you are aware of, Ramon wrote several books. The last one is The Celebrity CEO, written in April 2019, How Interpre Entrepreneur Can Thrive by Building Community and a Strong Personal Brand. And you have an outstanding um, newsletter. I think you are publishing it on a weekly basis on Thursday, 2 p.m. East time. It's to inspire and grow your business. I have it. I am reading it. I really like that. And uh, I think the best way is that you share the name of your website because how you are speaking and saying that, I love it. Sure. Thank you. Smarthustle.com. Smart, like brain, smarthustle.com. And as you said, people can definitely go there and check out the information and And check out the newsletter. And, and going back to the uh, book, Celebrity CEO, if, if anybody wants to just direct message me on Instagram for free, I have a lot of insights about Celebrity CEO, no cost. So they can just direct message me on Instagram, the word Celebrity CEO. And my Instagram is Ramon Ray Smart Hustle. Thank you very much, Ramon. And it's, it's really great to have you here. Let's start kicking off sure. the discussion. I follow you since uh, several years. The, the common denominator that we have is Shep Iken. You did a big presentation with him. I think it was something like four hours presentation. Yes. And uh, it was really an outstanding presentation. And therefore, I started following you. Um, why you. is personal branding starting from... Uh, small businesses important. Yeah, I think it's important for a few reasons, and and let's let's unpack what it's not 
but feel free to correct me or give me your input. But we know pretty much the large corporate brands. Of course, people say branding is how you make people feel, how you how people associate with you. That's true. Mercedes-Benz, uh, luxury or, or Honda, uh, economy cars, whatever, Starbucks, whatever you want to say. Um, and those are brands, big corporate brands that we all know, I'm sure, in Switzerland and Italy and the U.S., all over. For me, personal branding, it's not just for small businesses. It's not just, but it's an asset. I think an advantage to the small business, because for most of us, we, me and Gregorio, as it were, we're our biggest asset. And people seeing my face, hearing my voice, hearing seeing your face, hearing your voice, they closely identify that to our brand. Unlike Elon Musk, there's Tesla. But, you know, but he's Tesla is much bigger than Elon to a degree. So my point is personal branding is important because the human face, the human voice, our personalities, that's what people buy. Very few times, Gregorio, have I seen a business card do business with another business card. Never have I seen a LinkedIn profile do business with another LinkedIn profile. I don't think it's ever happened. It's the humans behind that, of course, that make that connection. So that's why personal branding is really important. And uh, to elaborate on what you're saying, and I fully agree with what you're saying, at the end, what I am always saying, I married my wife and not my employer. And therefore, the employer can change, the wife not. <laughs> and, that's right. and, there, and therefore, I think it's important that people are known as human beings. I'm always saying, saying, yes, we are speaking about B2B or B2C, but at the end, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. I have the big chance to speak with you this evening, for me, even for you, <laughs> afternoon. And, and, and this is what creates a relationship. And perhaps in five years, in 10 years, we have, again, a, a connection. We discuss, and I say, you were on my podcast, and we, we are creating this. And what I really love of this discussion is we are sharing some insights. And these are Greg's insights and Ramon's insights, and not specific to Tesla, Ikea, and, uh, and Apple, these are great examples, but before we create companies big like them, it's, it will take uh, quite, a lot, quite, quite a lot of time. I don't know if you are willing to, to share a bit your personal story, because now you are professional speakers, uh, you have your own companies, you are an entrepreneur, but it was not always like that. And therefore, to kick off the discussion, I don't want to be unpolite, but I phrase the question is, uh, what are your feelings for DHL? <laughs> Sure, sure. Uh, my feeling for DHL as, as far as what? Clarify that part of it. Uh, I think they, they delivered to you a letter. Yes, It's yes. changed your life. And the yes. question is, do you like DHL or you don't like DHL? That's an interesting question. Um, for me, and I'm not sure if it's a trick question, so we'll see where this goes, but I like DHL. I mean, I from my years of experience working at the United Nations, um, they were known as always, if you needed something from Tokyo or Germany or in China or wherever in the world, DHL was it. So I like them. But there was one specific day that you received one letter that you didn't like. And, uh, uh, that letter, yes. And... Uh, and <laughs> Perhaps I really ask openly, do you want to share your story? Because Please. I think it, it's it's really an, a great story to, to, to say it's don't finish at some, it doesn't finish at some point, but it yeah. starts in something bigger and everything can change, but you need the right mindset. Now I you understand. Need... You're referring to the United Nations story, yes? Yes. Yes, of course. I'm willing to talk about anything. No problem. But yeah, so I was, of course, a young boy like 
all of us were and doing whatever young boys do and grew up in a nice family. But one of my first jobs indeed, uh, Greg, was working at the United Nations. And that was, I, I wouldn't say random, there was some prayer involved in my father, but I worked there one of my first jobs. I worked at a grocery store before that. And I was there for many, many years learning the, the art of being in a professional environment. It was an office, desk and computers. This is right, right when Netscape, the, the Mosaic browser, Alta Vista was taking shape. That's my world. That's the generation I started with. And, um, and I was there for a number of years. There, while there, I had the, the bug bit me to, to be in business for some reason. I just liked, I think part of entrepreneurship is you have to like risk. You have to love change and you have to like be willing to explore. So I think those things together launched my curiosity for business. And so I started a first business and two business. The point being, at the UN, there's pretty strict rules against having your own business. I had permission, Gregory. I had permission to do it. But then the permission was taken away because someone in my office got very jealous of me. And that led into a whole series of things where eventually the permission was taken away. I kept doing the business. And I was fired. I got a letter, as you noted, from Tokyo, Japan by DHL uh, saying, hey, Ramon, you're terminated. And that was the, uh, but that was the end of one era, but the beginning of me being who I am today as one who's a speaker, uh, you know, author, uh, running a marketing agency, and very blessed at uh, how things have turned out and getting to talk to you today. Thank you very much. And of course, uh, and basically, thank you for sharing your story, because I am quite sure it's, it's not so, so easy to explain that. And all the audience already noticed that you are speaking, you are your specific way of speaking. You are a professional, a professional speakers. You often speak quite quick, but you make some poses that are really excellent, always at the right place. And I think it, it takes also uh, training and it developed you into this, uh, into, into this, um, setup that you that you have now for me the big question that i have also going through these changes and you spoke about uh, creativity about uh, having let's say be an alpha underdog crying trying to create your, your business which are the values that drives you in life yeah i think i know the core values of our company which is not the same thing you asked me but is to have fun and do the right thing so when I think about life values, it's, it's hard for me to say that, but I think that as one who has deep faith in God, I think that my life values are, am I, am I being honest? I think that's important. You know, am I, I, I never want to cut corners. If I owe somebody, if I owed Greg, Greg, Gregorio, you know, some money, and let's say, I'm not sure, was it a dollar or a dollar 10? I will send you a dollar 15. That's just... <laughs> You know, that's, that's my, that's one. And I do like to have fun. That, that's a really important part of what I do. I like to laugh, have a good time. And the third thing I think is that while I do take my work very seriously, we do excellent work, I don't take myself too seriously. You know, there's a stain on my shirt. Well, I changed my shirt a bit, right? To be a little more presentable for your audience, but meaning if things don't go well, things aren't perfect, you stumble and fall. It's okay. Laugh and keep moving. Some people are different. They may want to be a bit more polished and perfect, and that's okay. But you ask Ramon, my point of view, let's take it easy. Let's be chill. In Spanish, it's what? Cuidad. I'm not sure what it is in Italy, but something, maybe a similar word, which means chill. What's the, what's the word? Uh, yeah, let's say to be calm, uh, stay tranquilo. 
Quite, uh, tranquilo, yes, tranquilo. That's the word I'm looking. I think cuidad is slow. I think a little different word. I think so. Yes, is that helpful? Does that make sense? Yes, it, it totally makes sense. And uh, in in your speech speeches and videos, and I know you cannot know all of them because you are everywhere and you are doing a lot of work. But I I try to help you to remember what I would like to point sure. out. One thing that I really liked is you were presenting in front of students, and um, you mentioned something that. For me, it's, it's really key and helped me also to change mind about several things. And this is about being on time. Mm. And uh, I really like that. I hope that you remember what I am mean. I do. Could you please share that with your words? Because it's, it's really mind-blowing for me. I think there's three kinds of people in the world. Uh, some people are notoriously late, whether it's church, work, for whatever reason, they're just late. And that's a whole other issue. Most people, Gregorio, they do try to be on time. Gregorio's party starts at eight. Let's be there at eight. Let's do everything we can to be there at eight. And the reason why most people fail and they end up late is because it's impossible to be on time. So my philosophy for myself, especially when I'm by myself, absolutely always early. I cannot stand being late. I cannot stand being on time. I always want to be early. And a side benefit of that, so many times, Gregorio, good things have happened to me by being early. Not everybody wants to sit in front of a studio, sit in front of an office, sit in front of a Broadway show, sit in front of a lunch dinner, whatever it may be, half an hour early, hour early. It's kind of a pain. But I must say, especially as you may have experienced for big events, you're there half an hour early. You're there an hour early. Okay, who, who's that person going in the side door? Who's that person on stage? You never know what happens. So it doesn't happen all the time. But A, you don't have to rush. But two, you never know what happens by being early, not late. So on, so on time is late. That's my philosophy. On time is late. I love it. I really love it. It's, it's really, these are really great insights that everybody should and can uh, work with, understand that uh, that's nowadays it's really... I am working in a corporate and all the meetings start at, let's say, 10 o'clock and people are rushing in these digital meetings at 1 past 10, at 2 past 10, at 3 past 10. And then you make also the older people waiting. And that, that's not possible. That's not polite. And that's not the right way to start to start the meetings. And therefore, it totally makes sense. And I think behind what you're saying, it's also the strategic mindset. And... <laughs> Speaking about strategy, you are a social media guru, and therefore I need to ask the question, what's your relationship with social media? Yeah, well, I, I like social media. I must say, I, I, you know, if I think about fax machines, radio ads, newspaper ads, social media has helped me to be where I am today. Now, I started, as I said, before all these platforms were around. I was AOL. CompuServe was probably the biggest platform, but it wasn't that popular. Usually it was a World Wide Web. We were all figuring that out back then. And, and FTP, some people may know FTP and mm. blogging was popular. Um, but I must say with the advent of social media, I think it's built for that person who can A, share great content to the right audience. And with the power of video, man, it's just, I think it's we all have a skill set. God gives us all uh, an asset, as it were. And I think for me, being able to, you know, with eyes or be expressive or, hey, this video is engaging. So I think that for me, it's helped even in this pandemic. Many of the large brands, 
they're not doing in-person events still, but they still need to be engaging. They still need to, you know, somehow to get attention. So I think that, yeah, I like it. And a tip for those, you know, we may have some bigger brands who already know this, but frequency, relevancy, engagement, analytics, I think things like that really go far in helping you uh, use social media um, and don't be afraid of it. Just launch and, and but Kia speak to that audience. That That's one thing and be engaging, which will help you use it. But I love it. I think social media was made for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very nice. One question, the, the bell that you use now, it's your butler is coming now or? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. I, I told him to take the day off. No, that's, <laughs> I was at a startup event and somebody gave me a bike bell. And I thought, I don't know, Gregorio, have you used any of the fancy tools? It's called a, um, not Roku, but I forgot the name. It's like a little device. You can hit the button, sound comes up. It integrates with podcasts, ah, yes, you know, music. Right. Do you use any tools like that? Not um, really, but I have yeah. this one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like it. So in the same way, I don't think I'm going to buy one, even though I, I, I want to, like if I wanted to, oh, there we go. Those are the tools you use. But I thought to myself, you know what? It's it, like if I wanted to add clapping and applause right now, I could add a little button, but it's a bit too much for me, at least for me. But with my bell, it's manual. It's a little bell. I can at least do that. No, it's, 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 uh, and and it, it's also fun. Um, we are we're speaking about social media. We spoke about your social media and also uh, for a small business enterprises, social media is also an important communication tool. What's your view? How should uh, SMEs um, start working with social media and engaging with customers on social media? Yeah, I think it's, thankfully, social media is a very mature platform. So it's not new and many people are on it. But I think one way to do that, and I get that from my friend, Marcus Sheridan. He has a book called They Ask, You Answer. And I think that's one of the best guides. It's not about social media, but just answer the problems that your customers have. My wife has a wreath business, you know, wreath business where, you know, you hang it on the wall made of like Christmas ornaments, you know, very glittery and things. What's the problem of her customers? They don't want boring walls. They want their homes to look good. They want their friends to go, ooh, that's nice. That's their problem. They don't really want a wreath. They want the benefits the wreath provides. So sometimes as small businesses, we think I have a tangerine in front of me. I don't want the tangerine. No, I want the taste that it provides or I want to quench my hunger. So if that's helpful, that's kind of my guidance for small businesses, SMEs. Always think what problem am I, am I solving and who am I solving it for? Another one of my uh, mentors is where Seth Godin, his book, uh, This is Marketing, right? Talks about that as well. I have so many books I can pull out. So all these things are answering the question, answering the problems that people have. Thank you. Thank you, Ramon. It, it totally makes sense. At the end, it's uh, really about what customer needs and what our customer expectation. And uh, you are you have also one important talking that you are often doing. It's Sorry, why do we need to marry our customers? Ah, yes. Date your leads, marry your customers. So here's the thing. Sometimes we try to get the sale. Gregorio, can you buy the orange? Can you buy the orange? Or the tangerine, can you buy it? Please buy it. Give me your money. Give me your money. Really? Let me first, assuming Gregorio likes tangerines. Let's assume that in the silly example. Then, hey, Gregorio, 
three ways to pick the right tangerine. Would you like it? Say yes. Would you like it? Yes. No money yet. Just three ways to pick the right tangerine. Then maybe, hey, Gregorio, I know you love tangerines. Would you like to know how to peel the tangerine with your teeth? What are you going to say? Yes. Absolutely. And you get my point. I'm going to go on. Now he likes me. He knows me. He trusts me. I'm a bit annoying, but he still likes me. And I can then say, by the way, I have a tangerine. It's 55 US dollars. <laughs> Gregorio will say, yes, I'll buy it. Silly example, of course, but that's the date your leads, marry your customers. It's about nurturing the relationship with your customers first, drawing them into you. Another friend of mine, John Jantz, his book, Duct Tape Marketing, right? It talks about things like that. Then after they know, like, and trust you, now you can ask them to marry you, as it were, and build on that relationship. And uh, elaborating also on, on your example, it's um, not only dating and marry, but afterwards, the first 90 days, at least what I am reading about, yes. is the honeymoon. And yes. this is the time that you really need to invest and to activate your customer. There are uh, statistics, there are studies that are saying if in the first 90 days, the customer is buying your products or coming back to you, then the, the probability that they will come back again, it's higher than if they don't do anything. And therefore not only dating, marrying, but also the honeymoon, <laughs> because yes. then you can start activating them. The really and, and, and if we want to extend it further, Keep the honeymoon going. I've been married for 27 years. I could do, be much better as a husband, but you have to keep the relationship hot. Keep it active. Keep the intimacy. Keep the romance. Keep the conversation. So you, in this silly example blending, so they come again and again and again. And if you don't know, then buy flowers. It's always war. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and... Uh, Perhaps the, the last question that I have on, it's, it's also real for, for small businesses. What I am seeing and feeling in, in Europe is often um, that also small businesses are doing really special offers for new customers to attract new customers. I give you 10%, I give you 15%, or uh, if you buy the 24 months uh, um, stuff mm -hmm. and then uh, you pay only for 12 months or something like that but afterwards there is nothing you need to pay in full what's your view on that and perhaps it's similar also to us yeah there we, we actually we're a, we're a coupon discount driven country listen i don't think there's anything wrong with discounts and deals airlines do it cruise ships do it hotels do it food does it you know 20 off your chicken it works sure But I think it works best for the big billion-dollar companies that can afford to play that game. When you're small and you have limited resources, I'd rather charge a little bit of people a premium and serve a high value. Because if I'm selling cheap chicken, I can't give you a white tablecloth and, and silverware and, and a glass cup. Cheap chicken, I can only give you a plastic fork. But if I want to give you high service and a fat profit and high revenue, then I can charge a higher price. So I have nothing wrong with discounting as a principle, but I think for a small business in the US, do we want to compete with the Walmarts? Good company, by the way, good company if you're <laughs> listening to it, but Walmarts are big, big companies of the world. It's hard, right? So 
So I, I think there's nothing wrong with it, but I'd be careful, especially for the smaller company, sell on value. We do the best work. We do quality work. If you want quality work, you should invest in yourself and get the quality work. That's what I would say. And this is also the best customer experience pitch that you can do because you cannot compete on products. You cannot compete on price because you know where the price will go. And therefore, you need to compete on experiences and differentiate yourself from your competitors. Ramon, thank you very much. It was an outstanding discussion. We are going to the last piece, the last two, three questions that I have uh, for you. And the first one is... uh, Is there a book that you say, this is a book that I really like, I really enjoyed and helped me throughout my career? Sure, there's been a few books that I've really liked. I think one I'll call out is, um, uh, if it's not a marketing, you know, it is kind of a marketing book. I'll refer to one here I have. It's called The Like Switch. And this is by Jack Schaefer, a former FBI agent, US you know, Federal Bureau of Investigation. And The Like Switch talks about how to build relationships with people. And what he talks about is the following. The more time you spend with someone, the more intense the time is, and the more frequent it is, the more that relationship will be. So that's the principle he talks about in that book. And I think it's a good book. And I have a few more books like that that I recommend. Um, I gave, earlier, I gave my Instagram to DM me, direct message celebrity CEO. If people direct message me best books on Instagram, I'll send them a whole list of my recommendations. If they direct message me on Instagram, best books. <laughs> Thank you, Ramon. And I would say now, please, to the audience, play a stop this uh, the listening to this podcast go to ramon's instagram and send him please these two messages celebrity ceos and best books and you will get a ton of insights and this is also one question you already mentioned your uh, instagram what's the best way to contact you if somebody would uh, would have a question sure those who want to have me and gregorio on your stage It got to be a two for one, two for one deal. Um, you can definitely check out RamonRay.com. That's kind of my speaking profile page, but definitely smarthustle.com. Gregorio is probably the best place. A lot of insight on small business growth. And I'd love to have your insight on there too at some point, but smarthustle.com or RamonRay.com. Our common friends would say, I will be back. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and uh, and really the last question, and thank you very much for having this funny, funny discussion. It's um, Ramon's golden nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience. Sure. Ask for a smile before you ask for a sale. That's the, it's a, it's a riff off of the other advice I've given, but I think it's so important. Sometimes we push, 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 push to buy, 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 buy. Calm down, slow down. That's it. Just just be nice, be human, and then follow up for the sale. We all want to make money, but before you make money, make a relationship. Thank you very much. As usual, I am not commenting the golden nugget because this was Ramon's golden nugget. The only thing that I can say is thank you very much for participating to my podcast. The CX goalkeeper is really extremely happy and we go sleeping with a smile because I had a great discussion with you. Thank you so much for being here. I didn't get any yellow flags or whatever the bad flags are, so I'm happy. It was good so far.
Thank you very much. And in this case, a bit different uh, closing. I will uh, quote again Ramon. It's something that he said, or it was on his slides. I don't know if it was stated the first time from him, but I find out for, through you and your slides. Failure is part of life. Get used to it. And I conclude and I say, um, I hope that the audience enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. It was an outstanding discussion. Thank you very much, Ramon. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth, subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.